Listen to this 10-second clip of a Seinfeld episode from 1994. And let's see if it gives us something to talk about today. Donna Chang? I should have talked to her. I love Chinese women. Isn't that a little racist? If I like their race, how can that be racist? Right, guys, uh, we're going to start doing a, a few episodes here as we're entering into the summer to help us kind of close out the year and get prepared for the next year. Today, specifically, we're going to talk about as we wind down, let's think about times when I like to call it subconscious stereotypes, where We know that we are not trying to give any student favoritism or to look down on any student, but what can we do to improve ourselves? We're not going to talk that much about race. I just wanted to put that opening clip in there to say that I think that clip is a little offensive. I want you to decide how you feel about it, but regardless, as teachers, We should never treat a student differently because they're a different race than we are. But there are other reasons why we should not treat a student differently as well. And I won't spend much time on each one, but we'll talk more about how to improve those situations. I've been faced over the last three years, probably a couple of them more dramatic than others. I'm going to mention three things. I was teaching a class one time. I don't know how this particular person was used to being treated by others, but I noticed when I said something to him, he he wasn't the same race as me. I noticed that when I said something to him just about settling down, he got really loud really quickly, not necessarily aggressive. And I just said, Man, you heated up pretty quick there. I didn't mean anything by it. And he actually immediately started smiling, gave me a fist bump, and now he fist bumps me every time I see him in the hallway. So even diffusing a situation like that, there are good ways to do it. I was in a middle school. This actually happened at the same middle school. I was once in a situation where very friendly class, These were sixth graders. They didn't mean anything by it, but one of the students had another student. I think it was a cousin. It wasn't a sister, but I know it was a relative of some type. He pointed to her. He didn't just out of the blue say this. We had developed a friendly relationship with everybody in the room. In fact, it ended up being one of my favorite classes ever to teach. I I will remember that class, but He just asked me, he said, "Uh, Mr. Collins, do you think, he wanted me to guess, do you think that she's African-American or Hispanic? Well, I mean, what a question to ask a teacher. I'm going to let you think about how you would answer it and about how you think I would answer it. And then I'll tell you what I did. (laughs) Here's what I did. 
I just said it's not proper for me to answer that question because regardless of my answer, it could be considered a little bit offensive, and I don't want that to be the case because I always want you guys to be treated equally in every opportunity you have. And then they went on to tell me the information themselves. She was Hispanic, he was Hispanic, and the only reason they brought that up to me is they kind of wanted to show off their ability to speak Spanish. And they wanted me to give them sentences to say in Spanish. And we had a little fun with that. He actually taught me some words. I knew that P-O-L-L-O was chicken in Spanish, but I always said Palo, and it's more pollo. And he taught me how to say it, and we had a really good time with that. Obviously, nothing was meant to be wrong, but that doesn't mean just because we don't mean to be offensive sometimes, or I should say for the sake of this episode, the times that we say things and we don't mean to look down on students or put some students over others doesn't matter whether we meant to or not. If the perception causes that to happen, then we need to rethink our situations. The other thing I'll mention, and I wasn't sure what to say at first, but then I didn't have to because the students said it for me. So there was two boys. They said it innocently. I know they did. There was a gentleman in our classroom, very quiet, very nice, that These two students, no malice intended whatsoever. In fact, they were two of the quietest students in the room. They were just curious if a certain student in there spoke Spanish. So they just asked him, do you speak Spanish? Well, I thought about what to say just for a few seconds. And then the other students took up for the gentleman they were talking to and They said, man, you don't say things like that because you're, they didn't say singling out, but they're they're basically what they were trying to get across was you don't, because of someone's appearance, put them in a stereotype and address them that way. Now, whether you feel that is correct or not, I will let you decide. That's the whole point of this episode. Let's decide how we should treat students equally, and that's the last we'll say on that piece of the topic. Now, I'll start out by saying that there are so many ways that if we're not careful, we treat students unequally, okay? Let me mention some of them. We'll leave behind the one we've already talked to. There are uh, talked about. There are other ways it can happen, too. For instance, Let's talk about the way maybe they dress from several different standpoints. If a student is dressing in a way that obviously, I mean, you know this, and they don't mean it to be spiteful, really. They dress in a way to get noticed, okay? Maybe they color their hair in a way to get noticed. And maybe if you don't want to say it's to get noticed, It's at least to be unique, to express themselves. I actually try to go out of my way to 
ask them, like if they colored their hair, I'll ask them if they do their own hair. And when I say color, of course, I'm talking about, uh, you know, maybe they come in with a blue hair one day and I'll say, did you do that yourself? Is that something you do for others? I said, I think you did a good job. I like your ability to express yourself. And, you know, when I think back on that, I'm trying to make them realize that I have no problem with that whatsoever. But thinking back on it now, it may have the opposite effect because, in effect, I didn't walk up to any other student and tell them that I liked the way they expressed themselves. I walked up only to that student with the blue hair. And maybe I need to rethink the way I do that. Maybe I just to make need to make comments like that globally without embarrassing others. But here's where subconscious stereotypes come in. You go into a classroom and you're teaching. And if you are have been a long-term teacher and you talk with teachers that have to deal with these same students every day, and you might hear them say, this student gives us problems. Watch for this student. I've even heard them say, you'll know them when you see them, which really makes me uncomfortable. And sometimes it causes us to look for things we really don't want to be looking for. I'll give an example from volleyball. Most of you know by now that I'm a volleyball referee. I once went into a high school game, and it was actually a friend of mine. We were refing together. I was going to be the up referee. He was going to be down. It was the first time we'd worked together quite a bit, and we'd both been up quite a bit. But as we could recall, it was probably the first time that I'd worked with him where I was actually the upper referee. In effect, the upper referee, I don't want to say is in charge, but that is the main referee. That is the one that makes decisions. We'll have the second referee signal from the floor if they've seen something. Maybe I was blocked and didn't see it. And if I realize that they saw something that I miss, I'll make the call. But if I don't want to make that call, if I think they were either wrong or I just saw it in a different way, I don't have to make that call. So the up guy is the guy in charge. Well, this guy proceeded to tell me, all right, I've had this team several times. Here's what you need to watch for. And then he started going into individual players and say, here's what they do sometime. And then I stopped him. And I, 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 I'm glad it was a friend because he didn't take offense to it, but he understood what I was saying. I said, listen, I want to make up my own decisions. I'm concerned that if you share all this with me, even if it's just subconsciously, I might go into a match and start looking for those types of things. And I don't want to do that. I want to make the calls as I see them in, for lack of a better phrase, the heat of the moment. I want to call things as I see things. Well, teaching is the same way. You don't want to go in there looking for trouble. You will, if you're not careful, be guilty of subconscious stereotyping. Now, I'll say this because we're human. And whether we want to admit it or not, when we see students walking in that classroom door, one at a time, 
and we're trying our best to not show favoritism or for to say, I'll just use, this isn't even a word, but unfavoritism, if we're looking at those students, if we're not careful, we'll, in effect, judge them just when they walk through the door. And that's a terrible thing to do. Give all the students the benefit of the doubt. We get into situations. I once heard a teacher, it's been a while ago, that mentioned how redistricting had brought a different type of student into their school, and that made me feel uncomfortable because what was that teacher trying to tell me? Sometimes if we're not careful, we do the subconscious stereotyping based on what we assume a child's maybe family income level to be, maybe based on the way they're dressed, maybe based on, we talked about the way they present themselves, the way they talk, the way they come across to other students, whether they're an introvert or an extrovert. If we're not careful, being human, our subconscious stereotypes, those types of students. So, The first, I shouldn't say the first thing, we've said a lot of things and we're already 15 minutes into the episode, but we think about this as your school year winds down, something to work on in your thought process as we move into the school year that will begin, and for most of us, August and September of 2022. Think about ways you can try to block that from your subconscious. Think about ways that you can make all students feel equally. And as I was mentioning, that may be not just singling out one student and giving them help because of what you think. Let that come to you. Get to know those students on their individual basis. Sometimes, you know, when I said appearance, I really just mentioned clothes and maybe hair color, but maybe body size. Sometimes we stereotype accidentally, subconsciously based on that. And heaven forbid that we try, we teach students differently based on those types of things. So let's try to get that part of the subconscious stereotyping behind us. So we've covered appearance. We've covered other things. We've covered people that are just different than we are. We don't want to stereotype anything in that regard. The last thing I'll talk about is something that develops over the time you're teaching them, especially if you teach the same students more than once, that hopefully does not. And it's something that we need to work on. And it has nothing to do with all of the other things we mentioned. As you go on, as you... A lot of times you won't pick this up in just one day of subbing. It's usually later on when you sub the same classes over and over. I've gotten to do that a lot this year. I subbed once last week for a school that some of the students I hadn't seen in two years. Two years ago, I had taught them about 10 weeks in a row. So I love those class reunion type situations. 
I have to admit, I kind of liked it when I walked through the door. I walked through the door actually in the middle of a class because I was doing two half days and I was going through the middle of the class that a student teacher was teaching and they were just working on their computers. So when I walked in, some of them clapped because they hadn't seen me for a while. They enjoyed it when I was in there and I enjoyed it when they were in there. Some things though, as we get to know students, we know the students that we depend on more than others. We know the ones that we can go to answer a question. Sometimes, not sometimes, probably most of the time, students don't like to be singled out. What I like to do, if we're going around the room, taking turns, doing problems, I like to say, all right, this person's going to do number one, this person's going to do number two, and at least those that are uncomfortable with the material we're studying. Now, maybe they should have been more comfortable with it. Maybe they haven't been paying attention well. Maybe it just didn't come as easily as them. But if if you if you go to your so-called dependable students, students that you know are going to know the answer first in a way that the students are going to need some help. They know what their question was in advance. I didn't say that very well. Basically, if you start in the front of the room with number one, by the time you get to question seven, that student will know that they're going to be the one that goes up to answer question seven. So they can kind of have time to look back in their notes. They want to get it right. They don't want to be the one that goes to the board and isn't able to explain it properly. So let's make sure that we don't use our subconscious stereotyping of, oh, how am I going to say this without sounding bad? Dependable students in the material versus some that don't know it as well. How's that? We have to find ways to, regardless of the level of understanding they have, make them feel comfortable and be honest with yourself. Once you get to know who those dependable students are, do you show them favoritism? Do you let them do things that maybe you don't let other students do? Is it fair if it's based on only their knowledge Now, you can say as much as you want to, that student should know this by now. Well, maybe that's a lot. That's probably true a lot. But you'll have to admit that when students are in a class that they really, really love, and there's a class for every student in that regard, even if it's only shop class, I shouldn't say only, even if it's shop class, shop class knowledge I'm going to guess that the students that have a good shop class knowledge, maybe it's not a math student. The students that have good math knowledge, maybe it's not a shop student. And right there alone, I've stereotyped two groups of students. But my point is this. treat Work this summer on treating all of your students equally, whether it has to do with appearance where it has to do if they just aren't like us, whether it has to do with they just don't understand this material, so I'm going to lean more on these other students. 
Make sure that you work this summer on, let's all work on doing our best to treating all those students equally. And, you know, maybe they'll start treating us better as well.